SMQBs, this is episode 145. Is this the last episode of the year? Might be, huh? There might be other episodes. They just might not be live. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Well, we'll keep the entertainment coming hot and heavy tonight. Uh, House, give me your one number of the week. My number of the week is 24. That is the number worn by Tulane forward Kevin Cross, who gets the Get this. He joins Penny Hardaway as the only Division I player with consecutive 20-plus point triple-doubles since assists became official in 1984. There's only been two players in Division I history with 20-plus point consecutive triple-double games, Penny Hardaway and Kevin Cross. Crazy. Wow. That's a good one. All right, Rooster, how about your number? Uh, Seven. The draft. The draft position of the Giants after this ridiculous Tommy DeVito streak. <laughs> We've gone from three to seven, and I don't know what we have accomplished in the process. Been a lot of fun, though. Tommy. Yeah, yeah a lot of fun. fun. It's yeah, been a lot fun. of fun. It's been fun for everybody. Yeah. Wrong. I'm going to give you my it's number. Been cute. My, my number is two billion. That's the amount of money that uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia oh, had boy. to pay up to be able to fork the district right in the ass this last week. We'll, we'll be oh talking boy. more about that later. Oh you know, our governor just doesn't like the district period. Yeah. Pope, what's your number? 92. Number of total yards the Cowboys had as the end of the third quarter in Buffalo on Sunday afternoon. Yes. Pathetic. The parade is in jeopardy. No. <laughs> and milk, what, what do you got for us? 158.3. You guys know what no. that is. Passer rating. Oh, it's a perfect man. quarterback rating. Perfect passer rating from the and number one draft in Lambeau Field. Baker Mayfield. Wow. Baker. All right. Well, let's get into it. Just We're going to let it be. He needed on the most. A little NFL uh, recap here, and then we're gonna we're gonna look back at the the year of 2023 as the holidays and the new year approaches. House, uh, why don't you take us through uh, the NFL uh, week? What was this? 15. I uh, I practiced all afternoon my best Stephen A. impression. I, I just ah, I, let's I, see it. I, I can't. I can't pull it off. It was great. I told you. He told you <laughs> the okie dokie. Oh, oh boy. house, I mean, there's, house there's, you might be from Philadelphia, but you are not from Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> if that's there your Stephen so, A impersonation, there are so many joyous reasons to watch the Cowboys lose, but none more so than Stephen A's. <laughs> When he the way he does it after they, my God, how much did the Cowboys fans hate Stephen A? Oh man! But uh, listen, guys, just one week ago, uh, I think Pope was putting the crown on Dak Prescott's head, and they, they, I think the words were like, "Well, they got something now, and they're feeling it on offense and all this stuff." The Bills stink. The Bills stink. Josh Allen stinks, and the Bills steamrolled. That team steamrolled them. 
and ran I can right say down this, their throat. Well, I will. I can I say don't disagree because the Eagles haven't played yet but, this week. I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but the Bills do not stink, and I think they're going to prove it. You have hmm. to. You have to admit, though, I, I was surprised to see Dalvin Cook out there running for all those touchdowns. Right? That that well, was that was his, that was shocking. That was his younger brother, by the way. Oh, what? That wasn't yeah. actually Dalvin Cook. <laughs> Oh my <laughs> god, you guys got steamrolled by the younger brother? He's faster than Dalvin. Oh, shit. I didn't yeah, even He's a lot better that. than Dalvin these days. Yeah, no kidding. He's, I'll tell oh, you, the Cowboys terrible. tricked us all into thinking that they could actually go on the road and win a game after they beat the Eagles. I guess they need twelve days of preparation. What what trick are you talking about? Have you seen them on the road lately? They beat, well, they the, beat the, the Eagles in Philly. Can you please no, they find didn't. that? No, they that, didn't. They that, lost oh, that was the a Eagles game. That was a home game. That's right. Yeah. Got, we got to find that graphic of the famous, the cycle of Dallas fans, you know, like yeah. during yes. the season. Yeah. It's like we after the Eagles game, they had won. They had won the Super Bowl. They were about to win the Super Bowl. And now we're back. We're almost, we've almost completed the circle. Oh, yeah. They, Dax, our quarterback. They well, there, all think there was we're a losing of, the first playoff game. There was a lot of uh, trickery and pretendery going on. Uh, out there this week, right? I mean, if you look at some of these games, like Denver uh, almost oh. got tricked into thinking they were back and, and pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, we were talking Steelers, about Sean Payton last week. The Steelers got tricked into thinking Steelers. that they were a playoff team and looked pretty good. Never. Um, how about how about the Green Bay Packers got tricked into thinking that Jordan Love was was pretty decent and they were a good team? Uh, the trick is that the Bucks are are good. Don't fall into that either. About the they Falcons, definitely wasn't worried about the Falcons, but the Panthers. I mean, what a what a barn burner of a game! So, yeah, we all, uh, we almost got. So are the Lions? That, the Lions no, back just, now? No, it's hard to say with that team, man. But but let me just say this because you brought up the Lions, Pope. I think the Lions now have one of top two or three best tight ends in football. In Laporta, and and how about this for this this week's my hot take this week? I'm not sure I would put Travis Kelsey in the top five tight ends in football right now. Not right now. He's in love. Don't 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 do this. <laughs> Sorry, Bison. Don't do this. He's been yokoed. He is Did not somebody. Good. He's been yokoed. <laughs> we can all agree that, like in all seriousness, this has. <laughs> This has to do with Taylor Swift, right? Yes, yes. He was not. He was really good in the first few well, weeks of the well, year. How about how about it might have something to do with the fact that he's surrounded by the worst wide receivers in all of football? Oh my and God! Darius Tony again. Every team that should just be triple covering Travis. I don't know. Weren't those <laughs> the same receivers that they won a Super Bowl with though last year? No, I'm pretty sure. No, no, they had. Uh, Why? No. They didn't have Tyreek Hill. No, they didn't have. No, Bill, no, of course not. Have... Right. They, Who was their wide receivers last year? Well, they didn't Tony. have Hardeman. Tony. Tony. I mean, Hardeman. They Hardeman. Yeah. They didn't have anybody. That's her. Well, I mean, there's a big funny. difference between well, having they, nobody and having somehow they beat Philly football. It, because t- because Taylor Swift was not in the picture. Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Listen, did you see Taylor? Did you see Taylor on the on the jumbo Tron yesterday at that game? Yes, with her she, dad. She is she is precious. And just leave leave her. <laughs> oh out of my this. god, Bison! Leave her was, out of this. She was dropping f bombs after he. She got really he, mad about the pass interference. Bison, Bison, you mean, Bison. Oh, 
You mean when he when he flopped in the end zone? Yeah. <laughs> she was all mad. She said the <laughs> F word. It was flop, not in the other one. <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna write a song about that call. Probably that referee is yeah. gonna that that, that official is gonna hate it because his name's gonna go down in the Taylor Swift song now. <laughs> how did the Raiders go from zero points against the Vikings to sixty three points against the Chargers? How, uh, how? the team quit? They quit. So yeah, the Chargers how did they ever win? Yeah. Wow. Talk about it. So Talk we've had that. we've had two head coaches get their heads chopped off uh, since the last pod. Now I mean, weren't we all talking yeah. about the Chargers at the beginning of the year? Like, yeah. They're gonna maybe win a division. I, I mean, definitely playoffs. They were in the playoffs last year. You know what? That would be a great team for a good coach to take over. That's a very attractive job. Yeah, I think so too. Their, their coaches were the worst. Yeah, Rooster. Do you think that Bill Belichick returns that team to a playoff team next year? The Chargers. Yeah. No. No. I think he's beyond. The point of being able to effectively motivate young players. Well, somehow their defense is one of the top ones in the NFL right now. Well, it's all based on talent. It's all based on talent, but not coaching. What's a better job? The San Diego job or the Washington, or San Diego, the LA job or, or the commander's job, which has 90 million in cap space and five out of the first 100 picks in the draft. Well, do you think go with Washington? Are you going to are you going to keep Howell? Well, you, I mean, you don't have to. You get to decide. Is Herbert a franchise five. quarterback? In your mind, I'm not so sure. Another, he gets another shot at being a franchise quarterback for sure. If he is under I would a new new coach, LA. I think one more year of Staley would have ruined his career for sure. Yeah. But they're competitive jobs, yeah. Because of the 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 south the cap situation, yeah, and the picks in DC. I think if I were I, a head coach, I'd go Washington over LA. I think your path to the playoffs in the future over the next three to four years is better at the Chargers. I think, I think the Eagles and Dallas are going to remain good teams, and I think they're going to be a roadblock. So you're already cutting off potential access i don't know I, I think the san diego job is better i probably might take the weather too well that's one of the problems with the los angeles chargers job is that so many people associate it with san diego they have no fan base that's true so yeah. i mean being the coach of the redskins excuse me commanders <laughs> is is a big plum i mean that's that's pretty cool but who cares you're coach of the los angeles chargers you have sofi stadium and that's it yeah, that's true. Well, it'll be interesting uh, to see what happens there. All right. Uh, is there anything we, we got a lot we want to do on this pod? So, is there anything else in the NFL before we get to our Plaxicos? I'll say that we, we probably shouldn't skip over them because I thought that it would have been a closer matchup than it was between the Ravens and the Jags. Uh, I think the Ravens defense is so dominant this year that it doesn't have to be against, uh, it doesn't have to be all about Lamar. And I really think they are clearing the path to be the true front runner. Amazingly, we're not talking about the Chiefs so much anymore. But I, I, I think if the Ravens are home against the Chiefs, they win that game. You never know what you're well, getting I mean, with the Ravens. So. They, they don't seem to be able to turn it on until late in the game. 
Ravens play Miami. Uh, I think what the uh, second to last game, uh, and then you know Miami. It'll be interesting. I mean, you know, I said I was gonna I was gonna roast Dallas, and I'm happy to do it. And I'm not going to take too much time, but Dallas once again, all the all the doubts are coming back, and this is a massive, massive road game on Sunday against Miami on Christmas Eve. I mean, they have a chance to 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 flip the narrative once again. If they go in, they beat Miami. But if they lose to Miami, then you know all of the we can't win on the road are going to be reinforced, and I think they'll be. You know, assuming that they beat Tampa Bay in the first round, assuming it's Tampa Bay again, I don't know. Tampa Bay's playing much better. They're going to be roadkill in San Francisco once again. But you know, Miami. Assuming Miami gets past Dallas, then they, then they, they play the Ravens. I think it's in Miami. I'm not positive, but uh, for probably the first seed. And then, and then the NFC. Um, I mean, San Francisco certainly has the inside uh, track to that. Do you see anybody see? Of course, San Francisco plays the Ravens uh, yeah. this week. I mean, that could be a yeah. Super Bowl preview, guys. That is going to be nice. Yes, could be. So Can we San talk Francisco, about how bad San Francisco the loses? Is? Does Philly get uh, an opportunity to get first seed, House? Yeah, could happen. Just yeah. have to win out. I'm uh, so shocked that the sixth seed and the seventh seed of the NFC playoffs don't have a winning record. And one of them is the Minnesota Vikings. There, there's only they? four teams in the NFC with winning records. That's pretty bad. Crazy. Okay, but the, I mean, the bottom of the AFC is pretty bad too. I mean, yeah. Bengals? Okay, so eight and really? six instead of seven Jake and seven. Brown? But all right. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame candidate. But besides, him, <laughs> are you talking about the bottom of the playoffs don't, or the bottom don't of, you, the league, of the of the you coming out for Gardner Minshew, homie? Don't you come after him? Yeah, I mean, you know, Buffalo right now they're the they're the nine seed, but they they could easily uh, get up into a wild card. All right, last thing on the NFL. Since we may not record live uh, the next two weeks, everybody right now has to put in. As of today, you have to put in your vote for the NFL MVP because the SMQBs will be deciding the MVP. So let's go around the horn. Milk. Oh, God, I really want to say Tyreek, but that injury hurt him. I mean, I want to give it to Brock Purdy, man. I think that guy's earned it. I know he's not flashy, but. Pope? McCaffrey. Bison? CMC. Brock Purdy. Rooster? Run CMC. Yeah, it's CMC. No, break the tie. The guy's ridiculous. I think it's got to go to CMC. The the like only question five is votes, five votes. The Niners on here five. The only question is, well, look at us, right? We split the San Francisco vote, so that's the only concern I would have for MVP for San Francisco. Do they split the vote and let somebody else slip in? You that's think Dak one. is going to sneak in there? No, Jalen. Dak Dak only MVP is right now as of today, December the eighteenth is most valuable pretender. But when we reconvene in three weeks, we'll see. Just a guy, Pope. He's just a guy. Someone's been yeah. telling you that for he years. Is, he is just a guy on the road. I will agree with that. <laughs> but look, right, if Jalen gets healthy, he's got Giants twice and Cardinals. 
where he can really mop up at the end of the year. He could look good. Yeah. We'll see. First, he's got to show up tonight, play the flu game. So next time we get together will be the last week, I guess, of the NFL season. So it'll be fun. See where we are. So should we do Plaxico? Yeah. Yeah. Where are we? Do we do we have a do we have a, a tally yet? Yes. It's going to be revealed on one of our holiday shows. We're going to <laughs> okay. reveal that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so people have to Was listen the, in for that. Am I the only one with a am I the only one with a win last week? You're on a streak, oh, man. You are yeah, on a streak. I feel like that there was some chuckling at the number at the points, the amount of the points. There's a lot. You're not there's still a game to be played. There's still a contestant for this week. I have my right. pick you is could, not you could have a win too, House. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's do this week. I'll start okay. it off. Go. What, what, I don't know where to go because I don't believe in any of these fucking teams anymore. They're all a mess, <laughs> I think. But I'm gonna take the Colts giving two and a half at the Falcons. I like that. Who's recording this? I just think the, the Falcons are shit. You are. You are Hope house. Is. Oh, God damn it. You want me All to? Right. I will. Yeah, I, yeah. I liked your handwriting. I liked your handwriting from last week. All, All right, right. You got the Col- so we got we got He's Bison got- with the Colts minus what? Two and a half. Two and a half. All right. Hmm. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with mine. Uh my shock pick of the week. I am taking the Buccaneers. Plus one at home against the Jags. You understand this is such wow. a hedge for me. This is such a great hedge. But I, You're doing that so they lose. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing here. The Bucks plus one at home against the Jags. <laughs> Write it down. Holy wow. shit. Okay. Don't be baited, Milk. I'm not. I'm, I, God, take the, I kind of like the Make Eagles. your own decision. Make your own decision, Milk. Hmm. Am I up? Um, yeah. I will take the Lions minus three at Minnesota. I like that. Yeah, that's a good, that's one. A good one. Get the box. All right. I'm going to take the Packers minus four and a half at the lowly Panthers. Mm. The Panthers are on a winning streak. Well, it's not a streak yet. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to pull two wins in a row. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think against the Panthers is a good bet. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go uh, to the preview of the potentially preview of the Super Bowl, and I'm going to say the Niners cover, giving five and a half against the Ravens. Wow! Wow! Ballsy. Wow, I like it. And in our Plexico look back, the worst pick of the season was that's that's a that's a well, I don't know pick. because there's Rooster at the Cowboys this week. <laughs> Cowboys tricked oh. me into thinking they were good. <laughs> the Can I ask you guys a question because I, I don't I don't uh I confess I don't celebrate Christmas um like you guys. That's a Do confession? Guys, yeah, I, in case our fans didn't know that, but <laughs> Do you guys actually watch these sporting events on Christmas? Is it I, like the way we do on Thanksgiving? Like, do you turn on basketball and football games oh, yeah. and watch? Oh, no, hell yeah. yeah! That's the best okay. part of the day. 
Okay. Like the the Christmas Eve four o'clock game is kind of annoying. I okay. will say that. Okay. Because I have to go to church at like six o'clock. So mm. I'll be yeah. sneaking in my cell phone. There's three games. I'll watch on as Christmas. much as I can. I'm gonna have to watch a lot of movies. When you celebrate it with your wife and, and my mother, her mother in law, it's gonna be a lot less football watched than uh <laughs> than I'd oh, hope God. for. And you've Good already thing watched Hallmark, like, literally thing Hallmark is streaming now on a <laughs> yeah. Hallmark Plus. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's it on NFL that. this week. Um, we want to do a little bit of a recap of the year, though. And um, I, I got us down to start out with our game of the year. Look back. Um, now, everyone, this is supposed to be one. Maybe, maybe you can have, you know, a couple things if you want to throw them out there. But um, I don't know who wants to start with their game. I, of the I, year. I have a good one. I have a good one. All right, good. The World Baseball Classic title game. Oh, that, that is a one. good one. Yes. Uh, that is a good one. Japan beat the U.S. 3-2. to two. In the final at-bat of the game, you've got Trout up against Shohei Otani. Trout right. works the count to 3-2, and two, and Otani strikes him out swinging on the next pitch to win the Classic. It was, it was cool. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, that was a great good game. One. I forgot about good that. Good one. Phelan on the board strong, Rooster. House? I uh, I have to say that I was painfully at probably the best game of the year in the Super Bowl. Uh, that was a heavyweight fight between the Chiefs and the Eagles. And you had two quarterbacks happily willing to put their teams on their back. And I really think uh, were it not for the holding penalty on Bradbury, Jalen gets the ball back one more time and gets the Eagles the Super Bowl. But there were a lot of doubts on Jalen going into that game, and he he got rid of all those doubts. He had a stupendous game. But I think both teams, it was an, in, it was an insanely great game. Um I don't know whether it's in the top five Super Bowls, but it's way up there as a very, very competitive, entertaining game to watch down to the very last 30 seconds of the game. And I thought, given the stakes, given the two teams and how they were playing, I thought it was the game of the year. Well, I'm trying not to be a homer like house, but it's kind of hard not to when uh, I think game one of the World Series was game of the year objectively at least in baseball i mean what an unbelievable moment that was when Seagerbaum tied it in the bottom of the ninth and then uh the walk-off by adela's bombi garcia first one since kirk gibson for game one set the tone for the rest of the world series and finally got texas over the hump the first time in 52 years of their franchise to win a world series just an unbelievable moment uh, I had so many friends. Unfortunately, I'm not one of them who was there at the game, and they talk, you know, about kind of like the moment when Seager hit the home run, how everything just went went nuts, and uh, it's a sports, you know, moment that everybody will always remember, at least around here. So that's my that's my uh, game of the year. Another good one. Milk. I, I, I kind of struggled with this. I feel like there weren't a lot of great games this year. I don't know. But I picked the Super Bowl. 
because I just really like the outcome, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Really exciting. Funny. Wow. Oh my god. Show your colors. (laughs) So funny. Really... Well, I picked a little bit of a more obscure game. I had um, the Bucks versus Heat game four, Jimmy Butler scoring 56 oh, in a game yeah, where good. he scored 22 points in the fourth quarter. Or no, I think he had 22 in the first and then went over the final seven minutes of the game, added another 21. And it was just an actually house. I remember you and I were texting the group. And it was like, what the fuck is happening? Because I think they were down 12 or something with like three minutes to go. And Butler just went bananas. And it, it was, I mean, those closing minutes uh, were just unbelievable. And it put Miami into a 3-1 series lead. So I, I thought that game had some uh, some memories. And then my, my quick honorable mention, just because I think it feels like it has to be mentioned, was the Vegas Grand Prix just from a event standpoint of all the hype leading up to it and then the the bananas start with the manhole covers which actually resulted in a pretty good race at the end of the day but i just i thought that was worthy of, of mention did you guys Any other, see this week uh, where they had a uh, potentially f1 coming to new york city oh boy yeah oh new boy. york Nightmare. f1 that wants to be. do one in new york did not see that all right, what do we want to do next? We want to do story of the year. Real quick, my backup was uh, Texas beating Alabama and <laughs> just seeing Satan. Yeah, just because you like the outcome. Because like it wasn't really outcome. that great a game. I enjoyed that outcome too. <laughs> are, are, you, are, you ready for, are you ready Satan. for a rematch in a month? Yeah. Hmm? All right, let's go with our story of the year. Um, who wants to lead off? I'll go. Um, my story of the year is in particularly in 2023 is how Saudi and Middle Eastern money has fractured sports, truly fractured sports. Um, I saw a stat that the sports business in 2022 if you just count everything just everything under the sun is 487 billion and it's expected to go up to 623 billion in 2027 obviously sports is massive business uh that doesn't seem like a lot of money when you hear some of the numbers being thrown around for these offers to play in 2023 uh the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund uh, split up the PGA Tour, pretty much taking the world's top players. Uh, I don't know, it was like maybe two or three out of the top five players, and then brought over the world's, with the exception of two players, uh, the world's best soccer players, Cristiano Ronaldo, Neymar, Karim Benzema, Roberto Firmino, Sadio Mane. Uh, all for the money. And I just, I don't know where it's headed. I actually do think that it's going to start impacting basketball eventually. I think some of the basketball, I think some of the NBA players as they get late in their career, but they still have stuff left in the tank. 
I think there's going to start to be a pro league. Well, there already is a pro league, but I think the the, the league over there is going to start to compete the same way that the soccer did. And I just don't know where all of this ends up, but it was uh, it was not a happy story for the sports fan that wants to see. Uh, I mean, I guess if you're, I guess if you're a Saudi Arabian soccer fan, you're happy about it. And I guess if you're a live investor, you're happy about it. But for fans that want to see the game stay together and not be destroyed by money, I don't think it was a very happy story for me for 2023. Let me go next because that was also my first uh, story of the year. So I'm going to go with my second story of the year, which is in light of the the sports washing by the Saudis. How awesome was it to see Lionel Messi That's move, move to MLS seven months after winning the World Cup for Argentina and signing on to play for Inter-Miami? Um, you know, it, it was just a great story. It's a success story. And he's going to make more money than a lot of those guys who have sold their soul to the devil. Yeah, just the fact that he didn't succumb to the to the money grab and and he did something that's going to pay off for American soccer down the road. The just the hype, I mean, you know, I don't know how what what was it? Whatever the inner league thing that they had going where they went on that run and they came to Philly, they came to Dallas. Dallas was sold out. They had people, you know, standing in line in the rain waiting to see Messi. I mean, it was it's a great story and love to see what he did and want to see how it comes out. Yeah. Huge story. Yeah. And I'll, mine's very similar, although I'm going to throw a tennis wrench in here. Cause you guys are, you guys were going to talk about tennis, right? I have a tennis story. No, go, go for definitely it. not. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I think, I think the live, live PGA tour stories. Uh, you guys have already nailed it, but I also, it's crazy how bad the PGA tour has come out of this whole thing and how terrible they look. I saw, I think it was Hovland today. It was went mm-hmm. off on the PGA tour and they've just, it's really changed the perception of the, of, of a pretty amazing um you know events and 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 sport in general and i they have really bad leadership and uh, you can blame the saudis a lot for for what happened of course but i think they're i just the the defense they put on i don't know really bad well you know that so, story is not over yet for 2023 milk they have until the 31st for their negotiations and um by all accounts it appears it may uh be extended into the early 2024 with PIF to try to get something uh, based on their agreement earlier this year. So that story may yeah. yet be written. We'll see. I guess I don't have much faith in and who's running the show over there. Uh, but my tennis is Joker. He won the U.S. Open. Uh, he what did he win with twenty four? That <clears throat> broke the title. The uh, he broke Nadal's record, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and now he has the most grand slams of any male tennis star, right? Yep. Or, yeah. So I thought that was a cool. Yeah, that's a good one. That's worth I knew you guys were going to bring that up. So, you know, they'll, they'll have, they'll, there'll be three or four of our listeners who appreciate that. That was good. <laughs> that's good. Um, 
I got one that that kind of permeated for at the beginning of the year and the and then at the beginning of the football season. Demar Hamlin, um, mm, the wow. story of yeah. Demar good, collapsing yeah, wow. on the field, um, dead, and and you know having you know having the uh, cardiac arrest right there on the field, the EMTs and the and the training staff keeping him alive, and then the fact that he came back and played uh, in another game. Um, that's that's certainly something that was quite a story, and I'm pretty certain that the 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 injury, the the cardiac arrest, happened this calendar year, as as did his return. Um, just thinking about where I was um, when it happened, so um, that's that's pretty much that. That's what I had down as the story of the year, with honorable mention being a lot of what you guys talked about, but also the baseball pitch clock. And how it how it oh. changed the game this year uh, because it really did change baseball. For the better uh, change baseball. Yeah, I was shocked because I was I was against any change, and, I, and it turned out to be a better product. Much, so much better. Oh, those bigger was, bases was, made all the difference. <laughs> yeah, the bigger bases, right. <laughs> The pizza boxes they threw down, large pizza boxes. All right, did, did, did everyone get a story of the year in? Are we missing one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, person of the year. Sports Sports person of the year. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first on this. Uh, and obviously, it has to be Taylor Swift. Uh, no, uh, I'm just uh, kidding. He's yeah. going with Max. He's going with Max. I'm telling you. Right well, now. I have him. I have him on there, and I and I was surprised to learn that Sports Illustrated had Dion uh, as their sports person of the year. But mine is actually Otani, uh, just because of of what he's accomplished, uh, who he is as a player. He really is at this point, I think, eclipsing Babe Ruth, who also you know is a one name that goes with baseball. Through all of history, and Otani may be the new one name uh, at the well, top. Let's of, see him of, win at least baseball. one World Series before we say he eclipses Babe Ruth. Or go to the playoffs. Well, Has he been to the playoffs? Geez, I, I think as the, as the greatest Come on. player with the most ability. Right yeah, Yankees with the most ability. Now Babe Ruth? Now the see Bambino. how they Come on. But then, of course, the season again culminating with his with his signing with the Dodgers and, and a record contract and a bizarro contract. And um, so, I, I had Otani uh, as the sports person of the year. By the way, screw him for that contract he set up. How dare you do it that way? <laughs> two dollars, two million dollars. I'm going to pick two million. I'm going to well, let them go out and get a glass and a dick. And let them go out and, and steal your picture, right? God. <laughs> Milk, what's your story of the year? Or who's your your person? Well, that's of the year? same. Sorry. Mine's Otani. I'm done. You're you nailed it. <laughs> go to Rooster, Tommy Cutlets. Let's go. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I can't take Tommy Cutlets. I I've uh it's you want his agent instead. Yeah. Agent. Oh my god. I'm gonna save Max for, for Bison so he can do two because I know you want to talk about Max. Uh I'm gonna go with you guys are gonna be surprised by this. Carlos Alcaraz got oh got, wow. okay sure worked himself into the tennis? number worked himself into the number one ranking at one point this year won Wimbledon 
the year before as a teenager, he became the first teenager to ever win the U S open. Um, you know, he's, he's just special. He's, he's a, he's a rocketing rising star at a young age. He's only 20 years old right now. This is, this show is going to be a hit with the country club wives, man. Holy wow. shit. Uh, <laughs> I've uh, seen uh, so much tennis brought up. Well, Bison, <laughs> you, you kind of poo pooed, uh, the sports illustrated. I mean, I, I, selected Dion before I even knew who the sports illustrated person was. I mean, from a, from a changing the dynamics of college football, uh, which whether he was successful this year, what, you know, what your metric is. I mean, they were four and eight, they were four and eight, but you know, they started with nothing. 90% of their roster was turned over. Uh, I think, I think Dion was the person of the year because he was, did such an interesting uh, thing as far as bringing these guys into Colorado, uh, uh, getting everybody uh, excited about a team that had been moribund the year before they won two games. Um, everybody wants one a game. ticket now. One game. Everybody wants a ticket now uh, in Boulder. There's a lot of excitement there. Uh, college players. Is there, is there still? Yeah. yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah, is, they just they just picked up a big guy on the transfer portal. I can't tell you exactly who it was. They have was, the but, best uh, offensive line uh, recruits in the country right now. Which, which is, is what they need. Glaring hole for their team. Yeah, so they can uh, protect <laughs> protect his son next year, who's coming back. Um, I just I just think that what he did at Colorado merited him as sports person of the year. And then that period of time when he was on top of the world and went on game day and i mean that that's something that you know it's kind of hard to forget because it was it was coach prime mania uh you know people were wearing his sunglasses i mean it was it took off and i think it'll come back next year in a different form yeah else well although it's not my person of the year um it could be though i just want to report the news because there's still a fantasy game in play between two of our podcasters bison and Pope, oh, that Jalen Hurts is officially active for this evening. Oh, oh. I who's going to say out? I think you're going to say out officially. He's, he's officially active. <laughs> and we'll I'm telling you right now. I need 200 yards and six touchdowns. This could be historic. <laughs> and a lot anyway, of field goals in the rain. Milk, don't don't forget he has he has uh, Devontae Adams too, or Devontae Smith. Yeah, but you have uh, AJ yeah. Brown. You have AJ Brown. I know, but if you get any, well, I'm far enough ahead that the AJ Brown points will really—they they don't help you that much. If, if no, Jaylen they don't help at all. Pass. But uh, need four, but anything four TVs to Smith, Devonta. You know, the last you know, time AJ Brown, the second half, the last time AJ Brown drew a lot of criticism for his sideline behavior, he went off, came back and kicked ass. Yes, he did. Predicting that happens tonight. We can talk about the Eagles as long as you guys like. We can keep going with this. Yeah. <laughs> House, who's, uh, your, who's your damn person of the year? Well, it was mentioned before, but I I, I went back and forth, and I, I want to give Max Verstappen to you, too, because of your love with him and Taylor and that whole threesome <laughs> you want with Taylor and Max Verstappen. But I... Wow. Uh, it's interesting. <laughs> I, think, I think... I think... Uh, I, I think it's, you know... Living through, we all have lived through, you know, Tiger Woods in his prime and Michael Jordan in his prime, or at least some of us lived through Michael Jordan in his prime. Some of you guys were still 
nursing. But I, I think being able to live through Lionel Messi in his prime and the way he has transformed the sport, I understand, yes, that there was Pele and other others. But what he's doing to multiple countries, to multiple leagues, he's the number one selling sports uniform in the world. The pink Miami inter Miami uniform is what's the number one selling uniform and MLS uniform, uh, a, a league that's probably not even in the top five leagues in the world, maybe not in the top eight leagues in the world. And uh, I just think the way he's transformed the sport, the way, like rooster said, he didn't go for the money grab, even though smartly, I think in the end, his, his ownership in the team, his ownership in the Jersey sales through Adidas, um, he will make more money. I just think that I feel fortunate. And, you know, what was the 2022 calendar, what Messi and Mbappe put on last year in that show in the world cup. Um, the fact that we still have it to, to have here in the United States and the fact that he's transformed the game for me makes him the person of the year. My, my runner up was another soccer player, which is the woman's soccer player that we would have never known her name, but for the way she transformed the game, taking on the establishment, Jenny Hermoso, the Spanish soccer player that was forced good to one. kiss, good one. kiss mm. the president one. of Spanish soccer. I mean, maybe that's a story. Maybe it's a person. And maybe it's the two people, the Spanish president and Jenny Hermoso, but that was my runner up. That was a big story this year. I will tell you another, by the way, if you, if you want a sports story, uh, that's maybe not a story of the year, but a, a one worth reading. Uh, I don't know if anybody read the, the story in, in sports illustrated about the Stanford soccer pl player who, uh, who killed herself. Oh yeah. Um, it, it's, it's quite a story. Uh, it's very upsetting about how Stanford handled uh, some investigations and 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 things on campus, and I and I had a chance to read that uh, yesterday, and it was uh, it's it's from a month or so ago in the magazine. Um, but if you have a chance, I'll just mention that story. It's, it's worth a read. It's it's sort of devastating, uh, but worth worth the read for sure. Um, all right, anybody else that anyone wants to mention? from either a, a game of the year, a story of the year, sports person, any anything you want to throw out that we didn't get to. I mean, for, I had the college sports stuff on, on my list to think about NILs, the playoff scandal, paying players, realignment, all that, um, which, of course, is an ongoing story. But I, I had that noted down also. Uh, of course, a lot of overlap with what you guys had. But any the anybody collapse, have anything else? They the want collapse to of the Pac-12? Yeah, I mean, right. That's right. Part Total of it. realignment. Yep. I thought having different teams as the winners this year, like the Nuggets and the Rangers and the Vegas Golden Knights was good for sports. That wasn't just the blue bloods of, yes, there might have been a lot of money behind some of those teams, but I thought that was good to change it up a little bit. That was yep. good for 2023. Right. It's, that's good, too. Yeah. Go Knicks. I'm sure we're missing. I'm sure we're missing a bunch of obvious stuff. And so, you know, if we are, let us know. Let us know what you, you know, listeners, what you thought was the the person of the year, the story of the year. I mean, there's no question that uh, Nerdarami is going to have something to to tell us that we screwed up and and we missed. 
I bet it uh, I think it might it be his fantasy football league performance. Yeah, but uh, please let us know what we missed because uh, we're sure there's some some good great stories out there that we that we missed. Um, all right, with that, I think there's some punches that need to be thrown this week. Don't call it a comeback. Um, and I'm going to jump right to it here. I, I did make a promise to one of our listeners in Utah. Uh, Rachel Sykes, that uh, I would at least mention Draymond Green as a punchable face. Um, and I do think Draymond needs a punch, but also needs some treatment uh, because that man is in a downward spiral. Uh, and I've appreciated a lot of the coverage uh, that has called into question where his coach and teammates have been uh, in calling him out, too. So I think there's definitely got to be a punch uh, to the to the Golden State Warriors and and to Draymond and I'm happy to deliver that. But what I really want to talk about is the boy. policing of a city. Oh boy! And on Tuesday of last week, I guess maybe Wednesday, we got word that this rumor that had been circulating that really was thought to be leverage was coming to fruition, and that is that the owner of Monumental Sports Group, and Monumental owns the Washington Wizards, the Washington Capitals, the Washington Mystics, Capital One Arena, um, probably some other teams, I don't know, uh, owns the Monumental Sports Network. And that's Ted Leonsis has decided to move uh, the Washington Wizards and Capitals out of the District of Columbia and to a soon-to-be-developed 70-acre site of a sports and entertainment district in Northern Virginia. Uh, now, you may say, well, it's only three and a half miles away. <laughs> but D.C. is, you know, this is, and, and actually Michael Wilbon put it in a, in a really smart way. It's a very layered, complicated story because, first of all, the tax revenue goes right with it. It's not like moving from downtown Chicago to a suburb of Chicago where the tax revenue uh, all stays in the same place. Um, the devastation this will have on the D.C. economy, some have said it will take 20 to 30 years to dig out of this hole. Uh, long ago, these teams used to play out in Landover, Maryland, and Abe Poland, who was the owner of the teams, built the then MCI Center, eventually the, the Verizon Center, and now Capital One Arena, in the district, in a, in a neighborhood that was undeveloped. Uh, I was there when, the, when it opened for Georgetown basketball in 1997. Um, I think that's the right year, 97. Uh, but I was there when it opened, and there was maybe one bar nearby that you could walk to and go to after a game or before a game. And the entire neighborhood of Gallery Place, Chinatown, Penn Quarter, uh, all grew up around that stadium. And Jose Andres, who's a very well-known international chef, uh, he, he came out and tweeted and said he opened up his restaurant, his first restaurant in that neighborhood uh, in 1992, a little bit more in the Penn Quarter area. And the neighborhood welcomed him. And then five years later, when uh, MCI Center opened, the neighborhood welcomed the Caps and the Wizards. And this was just a complete betrayal and a complete turning of the back 
on the community. And, you know, I get it. He's going to get more money and he's going to get out of this. Leontes is going to get out of this what DC couldn't give him. And that's a 70 acre site to build on and to, and to do what, you know, we've seen that the Braves do and what SoFi Stadium is and set up a whole district with hotels and gambling and, and restaurants and bars. And he's going to control all of that. Um, and so I understand he's, this is, you know, he's making money off of this, but when you own these teams, particularly in a, in a place like Washington, D.C., that isn't a state, that isn't affiliated, that isn't part of a state, um, you know, there's a little bit of, of you are a, uh, a steward of those teams for the city. And this is this really is just a total betrayal. Um, and I use the word and then Tony Kornheiser stole it from me. But I said that that. He is just a villain, and he is public enemy number one in Washington, D.C. And I'll tell you what, I wanted to turn on the Caps game and the Wizards game yesterday, and I wouldn't do it. Uh, I have some Caps tickets. I will never buy another Caps ticket again. Uh, I the, Let's not even get to the point that the fucking Wizards have sucked since the day he owned them. He hasn't developed, get, brought us a good team, but I won't buy a ticket, and, and I will tell you that this fan who is Washington through and through, I'm not sure I can root for those teams anymore. Uh, so Ted Leonsis, you are, you are really public enemy number one. And to the extent I can keep reminding people in DC to hate you, I intend to do that. Wow. You've moved on from Danny to Ted. Do you have another off. villain owner? Snyder's off the schneid. Oh wow. my God. Listen, man. It, you know, a lot of people have made that comparison. Dan Snyder packed up and moved out of London, and Leonsis was like, I got this. So let's bring the Whalers back the and put them in D.C., Bison. Got to get the commanders back in D.C. now. Seriously. Well, the, you know, the, the mayor and the city council aren't blameless here. Um, I'm not going to say any more than that for political reasons right <laughs> now. But, um, but, you know, yeah, they, they they do have a tall task now to, to lock in the, the commanders. I mean, they really do. And I don't understand why they couldn't have done some sort of big sports and entertainment district with the commanders. There are a few places they could have done this and they could have built the whole the whole thing together. Um, but here we are. How how uh, certain is this? Because Virginia is famous for putting stuff like this, this up for referendum after it's supposedly been decided. And screwing deals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, final? that's that's the only hope. Um, you know, the the Arlington City Council has to approve it. Um, it felt they felt pretty good about that since every member of the council was sitting on the stage with Leontes at the press conference last week. So that didn't that, that didn't give us much hope in DC that they would vote against it. But this the the legislature, the state house will have to approve it, is my understanding. Um and, uh, you know, you never know. Bison, you're a D.C. guy through and through. Uh, you work there. You live there for most of the year. But you're, you're a D.C. guy. There are a lot of D.C. sports fans that could be Maryland. They could be Virginia. They could be just outside the city. Uh, I wonder how much this impacts the fan support for these teams, if it does at all. I, I, I'm curious to know. I have no idea. I'm curious to know of the people when those stadiums are fill, full, 
when the cap stadium is full, what percentage of it are true DC residents? Are some going to be like, Hey, this is great. Arlington's easier for me to get to than, than trying to park down there or take whatever public transportation to get to the Verizon center or cap one center, whatever it's called. There will be some, and, and listen, I'm, I'm certain that they feel that, that they did their homework and feel that they wouldn't have any problem filling it. But as many DC residents that are at the game, the games, it's also people who work in the district, you know, in the, in the law firms and things like that who have tickets and whose, whose offices are down there. Um, the other thing that's worth noting is where they're putting it right by national airport. And as some guy tweeted out there, so let me get this straight. You've flown across the country on a five hour flight. Your headphones died somewhere over Iowa. Yeah. All you want to do is get home when you land. And your Uber ride is going to cost you $175 and take 90 minutes because fucking LeBron's in town. And that is the truth. I mean, that is the Not, area is, is terrible for traffic already. Not only that, but Virginia, Virginians are notoriously um, anti-NBA. They're, they're an ACC basketball fandom. They don't follow the NBA. We had, we had when back when the ABA was around for Virginia had the Squires and they were a flop because no one was going to the games. Interesting. Well, we'll see. I mean, I hope he fails. I hope he fails miserably. You so, made that pretty clear. Um, yeah. Is Any other punches? <laughs> Any other punches? All right. Who's got a lasso? I hope. I, I have a good Booster. one. I have a good one. This is a story about Butch Stockton, who was a little white, white-haired old man who used to coach basketball at Chalmetta High School in Louisiana. His wife Dawn, uh, of 31 years, died recently of cancer, and he's all by himself. As I guess they don't have any kids, or if they do, they're not in the house or in the area, and. So one of his former players is Mitchell Robinson, center for the New York Knicks. And Mitchell Robinson called up his old coach and said, I don't want you to grieve alone. I want you to move into my apartment with me in New York City and live with me. And the two of them are living together as a very unlikely couple, um, as roommates in New York, uh, and plan to do so until the end of the 2023-24 NBA season. And so I, you know, um, personally reminded of the kindness of friends when you're going through something like this. And I just want to give a shout out to Mitchell Robinson for an incredible gesture to his old coach. Very good good story. Yeah, that is a good story. I I hadn't heard that. Hope you got. You got a pour out you wanted? Yeah, we can do buzzers first. I'll pour out the end. If anybody has any buzzers. Okay. Buzzer beaters. <laughs> Who's got a buzzer beater? I uh, Mine is in the world of fantasy football. I'm not, I'm not going to chew up a lot of time, but wow. <laughs> oh, my year, God. Something happened this weekend? Wow. Was my there a game this reign, weekend? My one-year there- reign of champion. Looks to be over unless Tyler Lockett fumbles three times tonight. As a fumble, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> regrettably, uh, Taylor Swift made sure that Travis Kelsey was my first round pick Aww. was going to be worthless this year. And so it's somewhere between a punch and a buzzer beater. I don't want to punch a woman, but Taylor Swift effectively ended my fantasy football season. She might be your fantasy bison, but she's my nightmare. That's my buzzer beater. Airing of grievances. (laughs) Festivus is on Saturday, House. (laughs) Keep your grievances to yourself. I have a lot of problems with you people. Any other buzzer beaters? All right, uh, next time we get together, I guess I guess mine. I don't know if it's really a buzzer beater. Next time we get together, uh, will be after the college football playoff oh. semifinals. And um, as much as everybody, you know, we talked about Florida State, Florida State, Florida State. The 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 two games couldn't be any more juicy with uh, Alabama and Michigan, two you know powerhouse programs and. Washington and Texas, uh, Texas finally trying to get back to the promised land. So I'm, I'm looking forward to those games. I think probably most of our listeners are as well. Totally. Is that your pour one out? No, that's not. I'm not pouring anything out for Alabama yet. Uh-oh. <laughs> no. But I will pour one out for Tar Heel Nation, though. This is a really sad day, guys. Um, Eric Montross, and this one's kind of personal. Eric Montross, um, who was the uh, center for the Tar Heels in the early 90s, um, a four-year starter, All-American uh, center, won a national championship. His uh, Tar Heel team beat the Fab Five, uh, Michigan, in 1993. Jersey retired in the rafters. Uh, he was a first-round pick of the Celtics, had a uh, up-and-down um basketball nba career did a tour at the mavericks uh for a year or so um but really after he retired from the nba is when he you know kind of took on a different uh perspective he became the color analyst for the uh tar heel network um moved back to chapel hill with his family uh he was a co-founder of the vaccine ambassadors which is uh, a program to distribute vaccines all over the world, especially to uh, developed countries and young children. In 1994, he started the Eric Montross Father's Day basketball camp, which has raised over $1 million for the UNC Children's Hospital uh, since its inception. Um, one of my uh, my best trial lawyer friends, Todd Clement, uh, and his son would go to the Eric uh, Montross Father's Day basketball camp. They got to be really good friends. Uh, Eric lived behind Todd, uh, and they got to be good friends uh, when they lived in Dallas. Um, and he would always go uh, to the camp, and it was a big uh, – said it was an amazing experience, the way Eric would uh, deal with all the kids and, and the fathers. Um, he was the uh, Rams Club, which is the uh, Tar Heel Alumni Athletic Foundation that my wife belongs to so as a, a UNC alum. Um, and Eric was actually her contact at the Rams club. So in addition to working for the university as a color analyst for the network, um, he was also working with the Rams club. And so I just remember whenever I met him and I met him two or three times uh, when we would go uh, to go follow the Tar Heels, whether it was in Chapel Hill or uh, during the tournament, um, he's such a nice guy. Um, And he remembered who Cheryl was and who I was. And whenever he would, 
see Cheryl, he would, you know, say, Hey, how are you doing? It's good to see you again. How's Dallas? Um, and you know, she had his cell phone, uh, number, uh, in his contact, her contacts. Um, and, uh, you know, we knew he got cancer diagnosis. We knew it was bad in March. He had to quit his job, uh, as Tar Heel analyst after, uh, after the end of last year. Um, we just didn't know that it would be such a short time. So he's only 52 years old guys. And it's just really one of the heartbreaking, nicest guys you'll ever meet. Um, it just shows you that uh, bad things happen to good people. And uh like to pour one out because Tar Heel Nation and uh, family and friends, they're hurting. So Eric Montrose, uh, what a great life. Well lived. And peace. Hey, peace. All right. Guys, anything else? We'll see about the rest of the year, what we can get together and get out there. Um, Pope, I hope you go down in a blaze of glory tonight in your fantasy game. Uh, I don't think it's going to be close. Don't worry. I hope I hope it's not. But if uh, it is, Milk, what was your record the year you won going into the playoffs? wasn't very good. You scraped it's, in. If I it was seven correctly. and seven, as I recall. Something, something Uh-oh. like that. Uh-oh. I think Sounds it's like oh, Rooster's oh. feeling a little uh, cocky. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Oh, oh boy. The cockiness boy. is re- yeah. restored in the rooster. Oh, wow. boy. Throwing the gauntlet down. Wow. All right. To all of our fans, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. You'll be here. Happy some, holidays. Uh, happy Hanukkah. Yeah. Happy holidays, everyone. Some yeah, replays from us on the holidays. See ya. Absolutely. Yeah, see ya. See ya. SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison-Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.